Happy Epiphany Sunday. Happy Covenant Sunday. There's a, a lot going on here this Sunday, isn't there? Like they say, there's, there's no time like the present. Amen? It's kind of like those tools in our Advent travel kit that we got during Advent this year to open the gifts of faith. We can reflect, refresh, restore, and rejoice in many ways to help us get a fresh new start for faith. And we don't have to wait. This year can be that fresh new start, and I hope that it will be for you and for everyone who you love. Now, what will this new year be like? None of us really knows, right? There are some things that are pretty certain to happen, of course. The, the sun will rise and set, generally. We'll go to the store for food and stuff, and many familiar places, I'm sure, with familiar people. And there are so many familiar ways to do things in life, aren't there? Sometimes that's a great thing, right? Yet, what have we just been through? Advent. In Christmas, the start of our Christian year, they begin a story of miracles of everyday life in everyday places with everyday people who were never the same again. Advent and Christmas invite us to look at our familiar ways and to hear God's call to another way that will put us in touch with God's possibilities for this new year and beyond. Will you pray with me, please? Gracious God, giver of all good things, we thank you for 2019, a year that we hope will be filled with good things. We know that one of the good things that you've given us is another way, the way of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Help us through faith to follow that way this year together. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto thee, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, either through us or in spite of us. Speak to us, thy people, we pray. Amen. Amen. One of the great things that we had was our Christmas pageant this year. Wasn't that great? It was a, a, a joyful time we all had of storytelling, even though it's a, a pretty familiar story to us, right? We know the characters by heart. Mary, Joseph, Jesus, the shepherds, the three kings, the animals. Each year we tell the story a little bit differently, but the basic story is the same. And that's fine, because Christmas pageants aren't so much about the story as they are about learning how to tell God's story and to be in God's story. Lots of people who are a part of our church, had a role to play up here instead of sitting in the pews, right? It changes how we see ourselves as a part of our church. And yet, come January, here we are. We start putting away the pageant decorations and people go back to their pews. We love telling and being in God's story for a while, but not for too long. Or do we? Do we love telling God's story and feel just a little bit out of place, a little different when we settle back into our usual places? Was there an awakening 
a realization, an epiphany that God was stirring in your heart, showing you things that you had not seen before. I hope so. I pray so. God's always trying to reach us in our hearts, inviting us to stay in the miracle and the mystery of God's living presence through faith in Jesus Christ. This is Epiphany Sunday, a time that should help us to trust in those God moments that tug at our minds and hearts. And I hope that it does, but I suspect that the Magi, the wise men who are at the heart of Sunday's story, might make it hard for some people to put themselves in God's story. We love their story, after all, but they were everything that we're not in so many ways. They were rich. They were powerful. They saw things that other people don't see, visions, signs, and warnings. They had the time and the money to seek out special moments that people like us, just living day to day, don't have too often. And so, let's remember that the visit of the Magi in Matthew's Gospel is at the end of our Christmas story, not the beginning. The rich and powerful Magi with insights that other rich and powerful people trusted and paid for, they were the last to understand who the baby Jesus was. Amen? And when the Magi showed up, it, it seems that they were a little bit out of place. This popular cartoon seems to get it right from one angle, doesn't it? New parents like Mary and Joseph could have used some more practical gifts like diapers and casseroles and what the Magi pulled out of their treasure chest. The Magi's gifts were important symbols of who Jesus is, immortal, like gold, giver of God's sweet spirit, like frankincense, soothing comfort for the hurting and the dead, like myrrh. These gifts of the Magi were important, but symbols are not the real heart of their story. After all, what are symbols when you're face-to-face -face with reality? What are signs when you arrive at what signs point you to? What are visions when you're looking right at the very one who the visions led you to? And what are wealth and power and insight when you have come to the end of a journey that stripped away the importance of all your wealth, all your power, and all your insight that you might have when you arrive at the cradle of a tiny little helpless baby born into poverty and a world of problems and you realize in a moment of insight from God that you have been on the wrong journey your entire life. You see, we tend to forget what the Magi were seeking. They were hoping that their wealth and power and insight would impress a new king of Israel. If we look at these people called the Magi and who they had been and who they had become by the time of Jesus, we can see that they had become spiritual but not religious people who attached themselves to whatever rich and powerful people they could influence. They came to Jesus to find and serve worldly power. 
not the power of God. Yet we love the Magi because seeing Jesus was an epiphany for them. An epiphany is seeing something in your heart that you can never unsee. An epiphany is something made clear to you that the most cloudy and dark moments can never hide again. An epiphany is finding a way of life revealed to you that you never imagined could be your way of life and realizing that it's the only way of life that will ever matter from that moment on. Seeing the baby Jesus was an epiphany for the Magi because Jesus was the king of heaven and earth who didn't need the power or influence of Magi. Jesus, a little poor baby in a poor family in a poor and powerless nation called their bluff. God was real. And right before them, in the most unimaginable way, and had no use for spiritual but not religious magi, the magi had to accept the power of this Savior, born in poverty that heaven and earth and the prophets had foretold, or accept that their way of life was a fake, a sham, and pretend that it wasn't forevermore. Either way, Jesus could not be unseen. The Magi had to choose. So on this Sunday, when we're back in our few seats and looking out at the story of Jesus, the story that many of you were telling up here just a few days ago, please consider this. Jesus did not call you through your faith to the same old story this year or any year. Jesus did not call you to impress God with things that might impress the world, but that don't impress God. Jesus has called you and everyone to a life of epiphany, to another way that we can never, ever deny, ever again. Every year, the baby Jesus comes to us at Christmas to remind us that a true heart, a heart that accepts God's covenant love, born into us through Jesus Christ, a heart touched in living faith by the living God, can never deny that the power of gold or frankincense or myrrh or any human power is only a shadow of the real power from the life death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ to change our lives forevermore and this world forevermore. Matthew tells us that the Magi were warned in a vision not to return to the king Herod in Jerusalem. They returned to their place by another way. That way is Jesus. I hope that our hearts have been touched by the way of Jesus at Christmas. Today on Epiphany Sunday, you are invited, like the Magi, not to return to your usual way this year. You're invited by the God of our salvation to another way, 
a life that honors and follows the epiphany of faith. You can't unsee what you've seen. You can't go back to where you know you can't go without accepting the consequences. You've seen the child. You've seen him alive and growing in your hearts, preparing you for another way. You've been called into God's covenant through the child. Bow your hearts and your knees and all the possibilities of your life in honor and worship the King of our salvation, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Our kind of response is more like number 200 years, Methodists, when they had gathered at the beginning of the new year, pledged their hearts to the way of Jesus through Wesley's covenant service. Some of this dates before the Methodist movement, but it was refined by the leader who founded Methodism, John Wesley, into this beautiful prayer. Uh, with an introduction that I'll recite for you. And you are invited at the end of this, either during the service or sometime after, after you've reflected it, reflected upon it, 
to sign it and date it as your covenant between yourself and God as to what you hope your life to be. Refer to this as often as you need to. There are some study materials there that go along with it. And I'm glad to uh, study it with anybody who's interested. Here now this invitation to the covenant service. Commit yourselves to Christ as God's servants. Give yourselves to Christ and Christ alone so that you may belong to God and God alone. Christian discipleship requires us to accept a life of many services. Some are more easy and accepted by the world. Others are more difficult and may bring rejection. Some fit our passions and interests. Others are contrary to both. In some services to God, we may please Christ and please ourselves, but in other services, we cannot please Christ, except by denying ourselves. It's necessary for us to consider then what it means to be a servant of Christ. So, let us come to Christ now and pray together. Let me be your servant under your command. I will no longer be my own. I will give up myself to your will in all things. Be satisfied that Christ shall give you your place and your work. Lord, make it what you will. I put myself fully into your hands. Put me to doing, put me to suffering. Let me be employed for you or laid aside for you. Let me be full, let me be empty. Let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and with a willing heart give it all to your pleasure and disposal. Christ will be the Savior of none but God's servants. Christ is the source of all salvation for those who commit their lives to Christ's way of salvation. Christ will have no servants but by consent. Christ will not accept anything except full consent to all that he requires. Christ will be all in all, or he will be nothing. Confirm this by a, by a holy covenant, your unconditional commitment to Christ. To make this commitment real in your life, listen to these words of guidance for our discipleship in Christ. First, set aside some time, more than once, to spend alone with our Lord. Search out God's special assistance and gracious acceptance of you with your whole heart. Consider carefully all of the details of this covenant. Search honestly and deeply in your hearts, whether you've already freely given your life to Christ. Consider what your sins are, even if you have. Consider the laws of Christ, how holy, disciplined, and spiritual they are. After you've considered them carefully and sincerely, consider if you are willing to choose them all for your way of life. Be sure that you are clear in these matters. See that you do not lie to God. Second, take time to allow your mind and heart to be in a spirit of holiness, holy awe and reverence. Third, claim God's covenant. Rely upon God's promise to give us all the grace and strength you need in Christ and rely only on his promise so that you can keep your promise. Do not trust your own strength and power. Fourth, commit yourself to faithful living. You've given yourself to the Lord in your hearts, you've opened your minds to the Lord, and you have dedicated yourself to God. With God's power, never go back. And last, 
Through all these commitments to Christian discipleship, be prepared to renew your covenant with the Lord. Bow your heads and open your hearts to the Lord as we pray. O righteous God, for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, see me as I bow before you. Forgive my unfaithfulness in not having done your will, for you have promised mercy to me if I turn to you with my whole heart. God requires that you shall put away all idols, your allegiance to false gods. I hear from the bottom of my heart renounce all idols, covenanting with you that no known sin shall be allowed in my life. Against your will I have turned my love toward the world. In your power I will watch all temptation that will lead me away from you, for my own righteousness is riddled with sin, unable to stand before you. Through Christ, God has offered to be your God again, if you will let him. Before all heaven and earth, I here acknowledge you as my Lord and God. I take you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as my portion, and vow to give up myself, body and soul, as your servant, to serve you in holiness and righteousness all the days of my life. God has given us the Lord Jesus Christ as the only way and means of coming to God. I do here accept Christ as the only new and living way, and sincerely join myself in a covenant with him. O blessed Jesus, I come to you hungry, sinful, miserable, blind and naked, unworthy to wash even the feet of your servants. I do here with all my power accept you as my Lord and head. I renounce my own worthiness and vow that you are the Lord, my righteousness. I renounce my own wisdom and take you as my only guide. I renounce my own will and take you as my law. Christ has told you that you must suffer with him. I do here covenant with you, O Christ, to take my lot with you as it may fall. Through your grace, I promise that neither life nor death shall part me. God has given holy laws as the rule of your life. I do here willingly put my neck under your yoke to carry your burden. All your laws are holy, just, and good. I therefore take them as the rules for my words, thoughts, and actions, covenanting that I will strive to order my whole life according to your direction, not allow myself to neglect anything I know to be my duty. The Almighty God searches and knows your heart. O God, you know that I make this covenant with you today without guile or reservation. If any falsehood should be in it, guide me and help me to set it aright. And now glory be to you, O God the Father, whom I from this day forward shall look upon as my God and Father. Glory be to you, O God the Son, who have loved me and washed me from my sin in your own blood, and now is my Savior and Redeemer. Glory be to you, O God the Holy Spirit, who by your almighty power have turned my heart from sin to God. Almighty God, the Lord omnipotent, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you have now become my covenant friend, and I, through your infinite grace, have become your covenant servant. So be it. And let the covenant I've made on earth be ratified in heaven. Amen. This is our covenant relationship with the God of our salvation. Meditate on it, live it, share it, sign it when your heart is ready. Amen. It's time now for the prayers of the people.
We ask for traveling mercies for any of you who's traveling to Florida this week. And we pray in gratitude for the uh, mercies that uh, people have received during the travel season for Christmas and New Year's. We pray for the family of Virginia Stevens. Um, she went in hospital on New Year's Eve and passed away. Her service was Thursday, age 93. A beautiful woman of the church is among the families who dedicated windows in this place. We thank you for her love for God in this place and her family. And we pray for Barbara Gerstner, who is at the end stage of her life. Ask for traveling mercies there as well for her and her family that may be a gracious transition into God's kingdom. We also pray for our community. Our community asks, I pray for world peace, for everyone to be able to love equally, and for the health of my loved ones. I love to pray. I love pray to become closer to God and to understand Him and His Word better. That's a pretty perfect prayer to start the new year. Great blessing. Let's pray together as the people. Gracious God, thank you for this new year. We thank you for all the people of flesh and spirit who are in this place. We thank you for the love that has sustained us through the year past and that will sustain us moving forward. Touch us with that love. Touch these families who need your special embrace as they struggle with death and with life. We thank you for all the gifts of grace that you offer us through faith, the light the brilliant hope that is your love in action on this earth. Help us to become that action through being your people in Christ this year and always, we pray. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We do have a wonderful, generous God. Praise God. And in recognition of everything that God has done for us, through this church and through God's kingdom, we offer now our tithes and offerings to the glory of God's work.
Thank you. 
possibilities that God has prepared for us together. Amen. Forever. And may the people of God say with happiness and joy, Amen! Amen.